So we opened this uh, exhibit in our Hall of Chauffeurs at the Biblical Museum of Natural History, where we have all kinds of horns and chauffeurs and other biological artifacts, and all in which we bring out the laws of chauffeur and also learn some fascinating zoology in the process. Now, I understand this is one of the world's largest collections of chauffeurs? Of, of diverse chauffeurs uh, of different kinds, yeah. Mm-hmm, so we have uh, many different species, uh, things that are kosher to use, things that are not kosher to use. There's such thing as a non-kosher chauffeur? Yes, yeah, a chauffeur is not allowed to come from a, be used from a cow, from the horn of a cow, because of the sin of the golden calf. Mm-hmm. And by extension, it's recommended not to use of anything in the cow family. So we have spectacular chauffeurs from an Asian water buffalo, from an African buffalo, from a bison, but those are preferred not to be used for a chauffeur. Now, all of these chauffeurs you have were built as chauffeurs. They were built for Jewish people to use? Uh, correct. I mean, uh, most of them, I, uh, we had them made specially. You know, in, in my travels around the world, I obtained various horns and brought them to a chauffeur maker to turn them into a chauffeur. Well, can you tell us about a few of them? Uh, sure. So we have um, an East Caucasian tour, which is a very unusual kind of goat from Georgia. Spectacular ridged horn in uh, both a very dark brown, black, and also a very pale beige and ridged beautiful texture to it. I have a Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep, which was a very unusual horn, massive, you know, massive, powerful horn, and uh, very difficult to get a horn like that. I was given it as a gift by an Orthodox Jewish big game hunter, and that is probably the rarest species I've ever encountered. Not too many Orthodox Jews becoming big game hunters. No, interesting. But I understand you even have a unicorn horn? Well, uh, we have a unicorn horn. Um, and people's eyes pop when they see it because they have assumed unicorns are just made up. But unicorns are not entirely made up. The reason why people believe in unicorns is that there are unicorn horns. The question is, what is it really from? So you, you only ever find one of them. You never find two. It's a long, white, spiral horn. What it actually comes from is a narwhal, a kind of whale, whose front left tooth, only the left tooth, grows out in a spiral. And, you know, sometimes it'll break off or wash ashore. And then in antiquity, these were thought to be the horns of unicorns, right? A king might trade half his kingdom for them because they were thought to have magical powers also. But it is, in fact, the tusk of a narwhal. Wow, the provenance of that must be very interesting. How'd you get that? Ah, so that is a a replica. That one is a perfect replica. The real one is extraordinarily difficult to acquire nowadays. Exactly. But uh, pretty much everything else we have is real. I understand you also have some... uh, uh... Didgeridoos in the way that we have so a didgeridoo, yes. So, well, just showing you know what what counts as a chauffeur and what doesn't. So, there's things that sound like chauffeurs, like a conch shell. We have a conch shell, right, which uh, makes a beautiful sound like a chauffeur, but isn't a chauffeur. And a didgeridoo uh, looks a bit like a chauffeur, but um, makes a sound like a chauffeur, but it's not. It's from wood, right? Because uh, there's no animals native to Australia with horns. So, when the Aboriginals wanted to make an instrument, they couldn't use a horn, so they have that kind of tree which produces a very similar kind of instrument, but not kosher as a chauffeur. Uh, what's the oldest chauffeur you have? Well, we have one from a pre-Holocaust Europe. I mean, the chauffeurs, you know, it's, it's biological material, it's keratin. Mm-hmm. So you'll never find a chauffeur that's you know, thousands of years older. It wouldn't last that long. Uh, we have one from pre-Holocaust Europe, and those are always very distinctive, a distinctive shape. They used to make them in a distinctive way of, of carving the edge of the chauffeur, uh, very different from the kind of chauffeurs that you buy nowadays. So tell me a little bit for our audience the importance of a shofar in, in Judaism, and when is it used? 
So nowadays it's kind of limited to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but in biblical times it had many other uses. It was used in battle, right? Uh, Joshua fighting the battle of Jericho with the shofars. It was used in, in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple. It, you know, a variety. It was used to sound an alarm. It had a variety of different uses, even used to announce the uh, when Shabbat would enter in Talmudic times. Mm-hmm. But nowadays it's uh, more restricted. And I remember always, it's always uh, it's not easy to play. You have all the different sounds, the trot, tikiyah, and all those sounds. And, yeah. and so you really have to practice to be a good uh, chauffeur player, right? Yeah, well, my, my expertise is much more at buying chauffeurs than blowing chauffeurs. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us more about your, uh, the museum. Right, so the Hall of Chauffeurs is, is just one, one of the seven exhibit halls at the Biblical Museum of Natural History. Uh, you know, we're located just by Bet Shemesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, the different exhibit halls cover different topics. We have our Hall of Biblical Wildlife. We have our, you know, which shows all the animals uh, from, that lived here in biblical times, like lions and hippos and crocodiles and so on. And we have our Hall of Kosher Classification, showing you which animals are kosher, from the biggest, which is the giraffe, to the smallest, which is the locust. Mm-hmm. We have our Hall of Small Animals, featuring many of the smaller animals of, of Tanakh, which we have as live exhibits, many different reptiles, small mammals, and so on, chameleons, skinks, monitor lizards, things like that. We have our Serpentarium, featuring all kinds of wonderful live snakes for people to encounter, from mm-hmm. pretty little snakes all the way up to our 15-foot python called Cuddles. Oh, yeah. He loves giving cuddles. <laughs> we have a Hall of Wonders, showing many of the wonders of creation, extraordinary creatures. We also have there our new exhibit, The Art of the Ark, with over 100 artistic models of Noah's Ark from around the world. Wow. How long has this been in existence, this museum? So we opened in a very small place in Bet Shemesh nine years ago, and we moved to our much larger facility uh, facing Bet Shemesh three years ago. So if someone wants to come, uh, what are the hours during the, the upcoming holidays? Are you going to be open? Right. Well, so, yeah, we're always open, but Sukkot is crazy time. So uh, we, it's, for busy season, is advanced booking only, which people can do on our website, and that's biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Excellent. And uh, what does it cost to go in? It's 50 shekels for adults, 40 for kids, and it's guided tours. And the guide is an interactive tour. People get to handle all kinds of weird and wonderful animals and artifacts. Uh, very much an interactive experience. And I guess the final question is, is, is it also in English? Yes, yes. We have tours in English and tours in Hebrew. So again, uh, people, when, when they're booking tours or online, they should uh, obviously book the tour in the language that's suitable for them. Okay, Rabbi Nathan Slifkin, thanks so much for joining Khan English News. Thank you. It was great being with you.